So there was, um, <laughs> you ever have one of those, I don't think I mentioned to you this week, so I kept it, but one of those, <clears throat> how do I put this? Just one of those realizations to where it's like a perspective of your life. Like it just kind of brings everything down to like a screeching halt and you realize like you're just human. Like it's one of those like real life things. Yeah. You're, okay. So this week when I was uh, going to go to the tennis courts with the kids, I was on cloud nine. Like we already recorded. I think it was past that. I was having great time with the kids. Great time with my parents. Everything like that. We're going to the park <laughs> and there's this picture of this cute cat. And it says, you know, lost cat, you know, <laughs> if found, are willing to pay five, $5,000 $5, to get this cat, cat back, right? <laughs> I'd be like, kids, <laughs> you want to hunt for a cat? So, so, <laughs> so my kids came back to me and they, they kind of saw like, just like that, you know, like just that stereotypical where the, where the rain will come in over the character and start dropping, you yeah. know, and they're like, you look so sad. Why? Because I had the realization reading this poster, I'm like. Right now, at this point in life, this cat is worth more than me. Like, <laughs> like this lost cat. I'm like, I'm pretty sure if I got lost, one, there might be not even be a sign. But for $5,000, I started seeing all the food, the, the, the gas I could get, the, 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 like the fixes I could do to the car, yeah. bills. And I'm just staring at this cat. And it's like looking at me like, please find me. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. So, yeah, that was... <laughs> that, that that brought everything crashing down to it's like i was just yeah. like oh, there probably are a lot of animals that have better lives than most people <laughs> <laughs> perfect way to start the show here we go <laughs> have you seen those commercials where there's like a dog on a yacht get into it what do we have today man for this week <laughs> all right our topic today is what does it mean to be a good child so you know we talk about uh, us as guys obviously what does it mean to be a good son so there's really two levels to that that we're gonna work through today we're talking about what does it mean to be a good child in the home meaning you know your your parents are footing the bill for pretty much everything you know, they're, they're providing for your food. They're still clothing and feeding you and, and doing all that stuff. So really, I would say at that point, you're still under your parents' authority because they're, they're providing for you. So, And then we talk about the other aspect of being a good son is when that, when that relationship is changed, you're not being provided for by your, your parents, but you still have responsibility from God as an adult child, and that's a completely different ball game uh, that yeah. changes over time. So we'll talk about those two things uh, and see what the scriptures have to say yeah. about those two relationships. And that's why I'm here today because I'm excited to learn that part because <laughs> I'm, 
I'm a horrible adult child. So <laughs> at least I'm trying trying to get better. But that's where I think this topic mainly came from for, once again, selfish reasons, because I just want to learn as much as I can, but learn correctly this time and using the Bible as a good resource. Yeah. And just thinking in these day-to-day things or these situations, <clears throat> mental, physical, um, verbal, these things that come up with my parents when I'm around them, I just, I'm just like, okay, how would how would this reflect like this reflects on me if like you know people were watching this like right. they often i often hear that kind of guidance it's like it's like hey help me with this should i have done that it's like well picture like you know kind of like a truman show x type thing mm-hmm. like a reality yeah. show it's like would you have felt comfortable saying that on camera <laughs> no well then maybe <laughs> you should yeah. um rethink or redo that but yeah uh, with with having you here and and learning from the bible that is the best best way to go yeah, so let's talk about children first. And so we mean kids that are still living at home. Mom and dad are still taking care of everything, still buying you the Nikes and all that stuff. So <laughs> what is, you know, what is the the role of children? Uh, so when we talk about that for both actually for adults and um, children in the home, God does command us first of all to honor our parents. And so, I don't know, Chris, what do you think of when you hear the word honor? That's, that's definitely one thing that I, um, that I struggle with myself. But when I, when I hear the word honor, I, I kind of broke it down to this. So this was kind of my definition was obeying and respecting them. Like that's, that's to me is what it is like is, is to learn from them. But above mm-hmm. all, just when you honor your parents, you obey them, respect them. And when you're around them, but also when you take that outside, you're like, you are a representative yeah. of your household. So if your father and mother get together, they have their same messages. Hey, treat like, for an example, treat women with respect, open the door for women, open the car door for women. Right. And then I'm away from them and they see me running around kicking the door closed for old ladies and, and like park, yeah, whatever yeah. it may yeah. be. Right. Uh-huh. It's like, well, then you're doing one part. You're you're listening to them. Right. But you're definitely not obeying them, respecting them, nor honoring yeah. what they're teaching you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a great some great points there. So honoring is, you know, respecting and holding them in high esteem for their position. Uh, and so actually, you know, if you go back to the 10 commandments, Ooh, yes. the, the command to honor our parents is the fifth commandment. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, honor your father and your mother so that you may have a long life in the land that the Lord, your God is giving you. And then, uh, Ephesians chapter six repeats that honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you, that you may have a long life in the land. So God says from, you know, from all the way back in the first giving of the law, his, his major ten, 10 laws or 10 rules, he's saying, I want you to honor or esteem or respect your parents. And the reason why, he, one of the reasons he gives is it's a, there's a promise that if you do this, you'll have long life and it doesn't mean that everybody that honors their parents is going to live to be a hundred yeah. or, you know, everybody that doesn't honor their parents is going to be dead at 30. I'm but pretty sure I'll have passed away by now. I would have fallen in the latter category. But even, even parents that aren't Christians, uh, have some, usually have some moral life wisdom to share with their children. And 
a wise child will respect and esteem that wisdom that they're getting from them. I think I wonder if looking back, because I definitely this is, you know, me just talking about me and my self-admittance. I wasn't or I could have definitely been a better child before 18 and a de- definitely a better son after 18, even mm-hmm. now. That's why yeah. I want to bring up this topic and learn from that. But where my mind went when you read that as part of the five commandments, commandments, I'm wondering if if um, how was I just going to put this? Just God in his almighty wisdom put that at number five, because if we're learning, if we have biblical parents and we're learning from them, like through the scripture and right at number five, let's say as a child, we do that our parents pass on, we still have a father, God, right, to yeah. honor and represent. Right. So it's it's passing it on generationally. And that right. kind of stuck mm-hmm. out when you said that. I'm like, that is genius because as one living parent moves on, we still, it's not like all of a sudden, like our, our earthly parents pass away and it's like, all right, party time, <laughs> right? Like Sodom yeah. and Gomorrah, like I have no <laughs> yeah. honor or obligation. It's like, no, right. like they taught, I taught them through the Bible, they taught you now you still have you right. still have something to honor right mm-hmm. which is hopefully going for everlasting life yeah so. people don't realize the they they hear of families and they they hear of obey your parents and they're like yeah yeah but they don't realize that the family is really the bedrock rock foundation of society yes because if you don't learn obedience and honoring, which are a little bit different, but if you don't learn those concepts at home, um, then the society itself is in huge trouble because learning obedience at, to your parents uh, prepares you to obey teachers yeah. and police officers. And most importantly, it trains children to obey God. Yes. Um, and so whether your children are really young or older um, and whether they're even really believers or not, the, the concept of honor should be instilled in them so that when they are, they do make that decision to follow Christ as their savior. They have a foundation to say, OK, God is my authority, my ultimate authority. He says to do this. I know how to obey. Yeah. I know how to honor because that foundation has been laid. So um, as hard as it is, kids, to listen to mom and dad and uh, your parents yeah. <laughs> make mistakes all the time, God God wants us to honor um, and hold them in esteem, even if even if there it's a struggle sometimes. Well, I was going to say, hopefully the parents are listening to this and then they're going to filter to their kids and be like, this is what they said. Like, so it's like, you listen to them. But what I was thinking when you were saying that is, uh, I don't think it's any coincidence. And this is to me like a perfect example of this is if you take you and I, for example, you were growing up in a Christian household. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to one day at Sutter you were up for at one point promotion, which was one of the first promotions. You were one of three people to go for a supervisor position. Yeah. I was not raised in a biblical household. Fast forward to that same day. I was on the interview panel (laughs) interviewing you for said position. Right. Yeah. So to me, that always rang true. Like when we started studying the Bible and you started coming over of how I started to not compare because I don't compare our lifestyles, but just, to see these things, right? 
if if I would have led that lifestyle and practiced and really done it right the first time through, like would I have been one of the other two along with you for that supervisor position, right? But instead I was on the other side of the table because you had everything instilled in you and built into you through your childhood, young adult life, adulthood that made you ready and you had qualities ready to be a supervisor. You listened, you were calm, you were cool, you were collected, extremely knowledgeable, and you talked very well. Whereas I, on the other hand, was always loud, brash, like in people's faces, running around. Yeah. Like, where would they find you, right? Mainly at your desk. Where would they find me? At the coffee pot, <laughs> refilling coffee, right? Yeah. So I, I, when I hear these things and and go replay like my life in my head and that was a perfect example of that how we were at the same table just on two opposite ends that really you know is a real world really true example that i hope you know certain people listen to to where it's like okay you're like you know you do have decisions in life and even though like right now at where i work it's like i'm on this side of the aisle and i'm trying to talk to younger people because today yeah. was it was chaos complete oh, yeah. chaos but they were looking at me and they're like why are you laughing why aren't you upset and i was calmly saying dude this is just the way it is there is no reason if you go yell at a supervisor we get nothing from it right right if you start kicking boxes around and we're and we're not taking responsibility we also get nothing from it right so yeah we knew what we kind of signed up for might as well just ride the wave and instead of writing it ticked off and angry at the world because no one else is, right. let's just have a good time with it. Yeah, that's great. And then they still continue <laughs> to yell at supervisors and complain. And it's like, okay, like I tried to impart on them some wisdom because it was only, you know, yeah. not that far removed from when we were on the same team and I was doing these examples always at the coffee pot. Where's Chris? Oh, he took a bathroom break. Didn't he just take a break? Well, he went to a break and then went to the bathroom. Just like all over the place till now it wasn't that far removed and they're choosing to make those same yeah. decisions well mm -hmm. then that's on them but it's like looking back it's like i i really i really do wish well we can't go back but i would have been connected to the bible more yeah and my parents would have shown me that that would have been i think a huge a huge thing in my childhood yeah well you know i think the cool thing is <clears throat> we're here now you know oh, yeah. so and the really cool thing is you have uh, years left with your kids to uh, instill, with God's help, these things. And, yeah, I may have been a couple steps ahead of, of you in that in the work area there. He's being very but, kind to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> he was miles ahead. <laughs> but, you know, like you have a tremendous opportunity. And, um, and so I – like I was just – let's just keep pressing on and, and no, God's no, yeah. great things. So what does it mean to show honor to our parents and speaking to parents, talking to their kids or thinking about their children? I think honor comes across in a couple ways and these aren't necessarily biblical, but I think it comes across in how they talk both their verbal and nonverbal communication and those actions that go along with those, that that is how they show, along with what you said of, you know, how they behave when you're not around. Yeah. Um, but we know if our children are respecting us by what comes out of their mouth 
and a lot of times what doesn't come out of their mouth you know you've yeah. seen it on their face like the eye roll yeah the huff yeah. the i you know i'm not going to pay any attention to you right now um those are signs that our children are not showing us respect and as a parent those are not times for us to get all up in a huff and uh, mad because they are disrespecting me, yeah. which is our first instinct. But a parent has to be thinking, like you did with Emmanuel, we, the, the tennis lesson, we have mm-hmm. to be thinking steps ahead, biblically, say, biblically saying, okay, I've got to train this child to honor me because in doing so, He's showing honor to God, yeah. and that's the most important thing. So um, honor, children must honor their parents. And then different from adult uh, children, children still living in the home need to obey their parents. Uh, it's Ephesians 6, one: children, obey your parents and the Lord because this is right. And Colossians 3.20, children, obey your parents in everything for this pleases the Lord. So that's our motivation for why we want children to obey. We know that we have biblical truth and we have uh, wisdom to impart to them. Yeah. But ultimately, it's right for them in God's eyes, and it pleases God when children choose to obey. So we're going to work with our children to help them to obey their parents. And that means when mom or dad gives a command uh, they need to follow through on that. Yeah. And there's an old adage that I think is really helpful here. How should a child obey? It should be immediately, sweetly, and completely. I love that. Where's um, that from? I don't know who <laughs> came up with that, but I got drummed with that many times. <laughs> you need to obey immediately, completely, and sweetly. And we try to use that with our kids, too, because we just want to pass on the same hardships <laughs> See, to them. Is, <laughs> this, this is where I falter as a son, too. And my, my, my dad just said this last week is the immediate part. So <laughs> most of the time I'm sweet with it and you know, I have a <laughs> smile on my face. But I was notorious in my late teens, 20s, all the way through 30s of, hey, I need your help, uh, you know, moving this, um, it just happened today, like a planner. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like three months would pass. And they'd be like, yo, can you help me move that planner? And my dad would bring it up all the time. He goes, we asked you to do something. And all of a sudden, we got to mark it on the calendar two weeks from now. That's when we'll get done. And it's like, I got stuff to do. And then we'd get an argument. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I got you know, this, and I got that, and I got the kids, and he's like, the kids aren't even with you. They're with their mother. So it's like we just start this Three Stooges-type bit, and I just hear the music playing in back in my head. But yeah, I have definitely, hopefully to my credit, gotten way better about that. And I, and I, I never heard that quote, but when they do ask me for something, mm-hmm. I try to dig really deep, and it's like, all right, my initial selfish nature is, of course, to procrastinate it. Right. Because I'm like, if I'm already full... And already cooked for myself, for example, and they're like, hey, we really need you to go get bread at the store. Right. Well, then in my head, it's like, all right, I got to get dressed again. Got to do this whole production. Right. Got to see if I have money, go down, get bread, come back. So to them, it's very important. To me, it's like whatever. But that's where it's being a good a good son or daughter is, is I love that part. And that quote is the immediate part. It's like they wouldn't have because if you take yourself out of it, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have asked you if it was important to them. Right. And if they could have done it by themselves, 
they would have done it. Yeah. So the fact that they're asking for help and their assistance, it's like I, I really needed to hear that today was to have that time aspect of it is is yeah. to do it sweetly, compassionately, but also as soon as you can. Yeah. So sweetly, completely and immediately. And that uh, we, we teach that because God says that whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Ooh. Um, and so the scriptures are clear you know, um, that we work, um, not as men pleasers, but as to the Lord, you know, you've all seen like somebody on a job, you know, you're like, whatever, raking leaves and the boss leaves. And as soon as the boss is gone, <laughs> they're like leading on their rake, you know, just sitting there doing nothing. And as soon as the boss <laughs> comes back, oh, they're raking again. Right. <laughs> well, God says you're to work as to please me. And he's always watching, Yes, you know, so uh, putting that, helping our kids, and I know this is supposed to be about kids, but we're, you know, on the parenting side a little bit too, helping our kids grasp that concept of, you know, this is what God's called me to do at this moment, and I'm going to go after it with yeah. uh, the energy and skill that I have is really important. Do you remember which um, part, <clears throat> excuse me, where that is in the, in the Bible, the where he says, you know, do it with all your might. I don't have the reference right, right. here, but the, for that's can, for my, for me that. personally, yeah, I have to get <laughs> that because I was going to give the real world example. So at UPS, we have, we just sort by a color that's on the box yeah, and we have, you know, belts behind us and the one on the ground, the easiest accessible one runs right. parallel to our feet is called the brown line. So going off of what you said about doing it like completely or the example when the boss goes away, yeah. if all these boxes start overflowing and they hit the floor, you'll notoriously look down the line and people will just be kicking boxes to the brown when, it's yeah. when they're not doing their job correctly. Yeah. And people, you'll hear people say, be like, was that whole pile um, for the brown line? And you would hear them say, yeah, it looked brown to me. <laughs> like, exactly. It's just, yeah. It's just like, okay, like, you know. And you like, that's why, you know, somebody, you know, you, you bragged on me earlier. So I'll brag on you a little bit. Like you're in the place where you are able to promote because you do the things that are required. You show up on time. And then not only do you show up on time, you work your whole shift and they see that and they're like, wow, this guy, you know, that's you know, puts in the effort and um, is consistent. And that's the people we want. Uh, to promote. And so yeah. that's that's a great testimony as a believer to have that where people know that, you know, Chris is doing uh, the right thing the right way for the right re reason. There was, there was, <laughs> thank you so much for that. But I don't know if I said this joke to you, but it was about uh, pronouns and I wanted to use it with my boss, but I don't like my like my actual boss. Yeah, I don't know him that well. But the, the meme said uh, <laughs> like the boss says, um, the, the guy says, I identify as trans and then parent. And then he goes, where were you at work today? He's like, I identify as transparent. And he's like, my, my pronouns were who, where, like, so like, he's like, <laughs> he's like, there was another one too, where he's like, he's like, you're about to always late. And I forget what the joke was, but he's like, I, I'm always late, but I identify as if I'm on time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. <laughs> 
<laughs> just, I just wanted to use that with my boss so bad, but he's been every time I see him, I really like the guy, but it, like he just always seems stressed. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, yeah. I won't. If the joke doesn't hit, I don't, <laughs> I don't want this to go the wrong way. I saw this one where somebody's like, I'm just waiting for people to identify as 65 <laughs> so they can retire. <laughs> I saw that one too. I was like, this is this is genius. But above that, I think there's an actual video and I don't remember if it came off dramatic, like to cause a problem, or it was actually comedy. Uh-huh. But there was two guys our age that went into a Denny's and put up a fuss saying, like, I want the the sixty five and over because they identify <laughs> as a senior citizen. Really? And yeah. Denny's is where you're gonna have that fight. <laughs> Wherever. You want a dollar fifty off your eggs, really? <laughs> Where, wherever wow. it was, I was just like, so that's why I've, I've just oh, been man. saying lately. I'm. I used to, I used to always say like this phrase, like, "Oh, I wish I was a, like alive in this era or back then." Yeah. And it's like now I'm. I'm just super grateful to be alive for one. But yeah, especially now with everything we have access to, oh, running yeah. cars, running water, technology, yeah. Yeah. but the the memes like people <laughs> people i i i don't know what it is but i'm only suspecting people just have templates ready to go oh yeah some situation because i'll see the same pictures yeah, there's yeah. the words will change yeah. and you'll see them like that i'm like like something will something will happen good or bad and then memes galore i'm laughing they have their thing. meme library y- yeah ready. yeah it's like a roll <laughs> just like a rolodex and i'll see the same silly face so I'll have to show you the picture. Um, I won't say it on there, but basically I was going to create one just for my inside UPS people. But yeah, I love one of my supervisors, Joe, but I don't know what he's been doing lately, but he'll be working uh-huh. and then actually working this time if he's listening. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he'll just stand somewhere and he'll literally look like I described me in front of that cat picture. Like you'll hear the dramatic violin music. He looks like so sad. And I'll just scream. I'll be like, yay, Joe. And he'll like kind of wake up. I'll be like, where were you, man? What were you thinking? He's like, ah, don't worry about it. I'm good. I'm good. But like, I'll show you the picture afterwards. But he looks like, like he got the the worst, but he'll just, he'll freeze. Like, it's not like a a one random look. Like he totally like kind of just, he zones out when, went wherever in the middle of all heck breaking loose. And I'll try to bring him back to reality. Be like, Hey man, like, (laughs) like don't jump off that cliff or whatever I say. And he's like, Oh, I'm I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. So, wow. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So then the last thing we talk about for kids, what they should do and, and being a good child I think the Bible is clear that children need to learn to receive instruction um, that is biblical wisdom. And so the Proverbs, the book of Proverbs especially, is full of just exhortations to receive instruction. The book of Proverbs uh, is really set kind of in a a setting of a father giving instruction to his sons. we don't know if that's exactly how it came about, but that seems, we see that over and over again. The writer of Proverbs, King Solomon, he'll say, my son, I want you to do this or whatnot. So a couple of those, Proverbs 1, 8, and 9, hear my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. And then Proverbs 6, 20, and 23, my son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always, tie them around your neck. 
When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will take, they will talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp and a teaching, and the teaching a light, and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. So nice. that's, as a child, as hard as it is, especially, you know, when you're a teenager, you don't want to listen to anyone. You think you've got the world figured yeah. out, you know, at the ripe old age of 14. But God's command for children is to listen, to hear the instruction of, of their parents. And that instruction is really a safety net for them. Um, so for the kids out there and for the parents, kids, listen even though it's tough and parents keep on giving that instruction that God wants you to give to your children. Yeah, no, I, I definitely second that completely. And in addition to that, and hopefully I didn't, I didn't research this. So hopefully it's in scripture somewhere, but also to communicate because yeah. there was plenty of times as a kid going like upward to your parents. Cause yeah, that's a good point. <clears throat> later on in life, there was plenty of times to where, and this is once again, very specific to, my relationship with my father and mother mm -hmm. but there was plenty of times to where when i was very much younger before 10 i would ask certain questions basically get shut down ask certain questions basically get shut down so i would learn it's like okay then don't yeah don't take the chance to ask them mm. back in my teens started asking little questions got shut down even harder yeah um maybe name called some words were said so then once mm. again it's like okay i can't they're showing me we don't have this communication either i'm not asking it correctly or they don't have the ability to answer yeah but that doesn't mean you shouldn't try right right like i continually still to this age my my dad had me late in life so he's in his he's in his 80s i still at least once you know once in a while attempt to communicate something right and it's it's very difficult to continually hit that wall and get shut down, whether it's emotional one, a mental one. Yeah. But I still keep striving for that. And one example is anything dealing with this history. So because he's had um, just, let's just say like, he didn't like his childhood, right? His, yeah. from what I hear from other people, his childhood was not uh uh, a good one okay if people asked me it wasn't the best but at least you know he tried to do his best right but all the history i know of my father has never come from him it's come from aunts and uncles mm. and even distant relatives that were around him yeah as a kid teens 20s 30s and it's just i wish we had that bridge of communication to where he would say things like hey like this is what this is what happened. This is what I did. This is where I faltered. Yeah. You know, take this information like like the Bible says, I'm teaching you now. Right. And and go with it. Right. But we didn't have that connection. And yeah. I've always, you know, strived for that, wanted that. But that just wasn't in the cards here. But that is also what I say to the kids is like, you know, to each his own. Each situation is different. But yeah. I personally haven't given up every time like a situation arises, I'll just be like, Hey, how was, how was this? Or maybe I'll kind of like go like around it and try to lead back more into family history. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I, I respect it. You know, he does not talk about his past family history on any side, but mm -hmm. I at least keep trying to bridge that communication to, I mean, bridge that gap Yeah. to have that communication just as, 
as one example. But yeah, I would say obviously as a kid, I wish he would have spoken more and taught me. Yeah. But maybe I could have done more to speak up and say, you know, hey, can you answer this and, and question things in, in a respectful manner? Yeah. Not like, hey, why do I have to eat broccoli? That's right. not what I'm saying. Yeah. It's just like, mm-hmm. what does the Bible say about this? Hey, I'm having trouble with this. Right. Like, can can you yeah. help me? Or I'm, I'm struggling with these emotions. Yeah. And like you said earlier, if if parenting is the bedrock for our children in the household to go out to society. Yeah. My only hope for other people, yourself, other ones included, hopefully listening, is that communication happens there. Because when I see other people and the and there's situations that arise and I won't name any specifics, but certain people are doing certain things. When I look at it and start asking questions, there's no foundation in the house. Right. There's no communication. Yeah. And it's like, hey, why did your son or daughter run to these people and get in this situation? Ah, eh, well, they kind of talked about it before. I wasn't ready for it. I didn't listen. I told this or that yeah. and the other. Mm-hmm. And then a problem happens that could have been solved at home. Yeah. And to me, when I say that, I mean, when I see that, it's like, yes, I give my empathy. I'm there to help if I can. Right. But that scares <laughs> scares the crap out of me like as a parent because yeah. it's like I get I get tired all the time. I have, you know, my frustrations, my yeah. anger, whatever mm-hmm. it is, and I just am trying to be there for my kids 100%. But what if on that one day my son or daughter tries to come to me, like they listen to this and they're like, "All right, I, I have a problem with this." Yeah. And I'm going to go to dad. And that's the day I repeat what my parents did and shut that down. Oh, like that would, that would, that's what I'm like training not to do. Yeah. Right? It's because I want to be open and be there with yeah. answers. Well, a couple of things there. Um, first of all, the last thing that you said, I think that it's great that you're training to and, and thinking through those things. And, um, you know, we we are we're just like our parents we try we can try not to be but for whatever however we're created we we model that kind of behavior so the only way to break that generational cycle um is to is to look to christ yes and so instead of instead of folks saying i don't want to be like my dad uh, because inevitably you'll end up like your dad yeah. if you follow the same trajectory. That means if you don't input any new data, then what's already on the hard drive, every time you click on the file, you're going to get the same thing. So we as believers, we have to say, this is what my parents did. My parents did, you know, you can say my parents did a lot of great things. They did some things that did, were not so good. So instead of focusing on, I'm not going to be like them, we focus on, this is how the godly parent, and this is how God, you know, deals with me. So I'm going to add those things to the hard drive of my mind, just to keep with the illustration. And the other thing I think you brought up was really important, is that especially, you know, for teens out there, like your body's changing, your mind is changing, like the world seems, you know, it seems like a different world all of a sudden. And I did that too, where I kind of withdrew from my parents. Um, And I do regret that because I feel like they had a lot of wisdom and opportunity that we should have had. Um, 
because we don't have time together anymore. Yeah. My Not that my parents aren't alive, but they live 3,000 miles away, so I see them maybe once a year. Um, right. So you're, I think you bring up a great point that as hard as it is, uh, teens need to honor their parents through communication and um, keep that door, literally your bedroom door, keep it open and um, keep those 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 lines of communication open. Now, uh, to second that, I'll I'll um I'm not ready to share this story on air yet, but uh, it's uh I'll share like one negative situation that happened between my father and myself another time, but it was it was definitely a pivotal moment in our relationship. Mm. And let's just say it was negative, like it it hit me and extremely hurt really really bad in our situation or how I viewed him. Yeah. Was never the same since. However, to the Bible's credit, <laughs> and then me trying to follow the Bible, that's why I still am spiritually, mentally here with them in that relationship. Uh-huh. Is because when we go back to the beginning of the show and and having or being honorable to your parent, it to me it like that outweighs or should outweigh. The negatives of that came before right mm-hmm. and i and i know this is just me speaking so yeah maybe there's people who are listening have an extremely worse situation you need to think for yourself you know you act for yourself this is just me yeah but this is just i only speak for myself and why i keep coming back is because that was in the past for one and that was over 10 like it was a while ago but it still affects me and my viewpoint hasn't really changed yeah but i still keep trying to honor honor my father my mother in those regards because they are human as well right we and Mm -hmm. it's like i have made mistakes as a kid teen and a son of two elderly parents i make mistakes as a parent now myself yeah i make mistakes as a friend Uh, two friends invited me out to dinner on wednesday shout out to chris and simone and i was late like (laughs) like really late because i just i misinterpreted a text message oh yeah but that was it was a small error but it was still an error onto myself that i had to accept and and when i realized i messed up i apologized but yeah like i just that to me is is no one's perfect. So right. if we follow the Bible and we choose to forgive and give grace and and lead with, you know, kindness, grace and love, then yeah. that to me at the end of the day will triumph over any negative that came before. Yeah, that's that's so Thank you for joining us on part 1. Please head on over to part 2 for the epic conclusion. 